Greetings, Trinitarians. This podcast is possible partly because of Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary in Evansville, Indiana. If you're interested in beginning your theological academic journey at Trinity, contact us at trinitysem, that's trinitysem.edu today. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio. I'm Jonathan Pritchett and along with me is Braxton Hunter. And today we are going to talk about the legend of Clifty Falls. So it's here's not heresy. It's come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this is... I... I, I was... not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but... And there is no evidence at all, except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers, that there is such a thing as an objective morality. All right, well, that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then, because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. And we're back, and we're excited to be doing another episode of Trinity Radio. And I'm excited about the changes that have been made to the show lately. I I know we said we weren't going to talk about it, but you've noticed some changes, and we know that you're pleased, and we're pleased that you're pleased. Um... Yeah, three people made comments or so. <laughs> yeah, and just to go ahead and, and, and just right off the top, we want to thank you that we're able to make those changes because of our patrons, the people that support this program, and also because of Trinity College and Seminary. If you'd like, to, as I said, if you'd like to be a student, just contact one of us uh, through Facebook or something, or just uh, go to the website, trinitysim.edu. But thank you to our patrons who are individuals who have decided to give to what we're doing here and what we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom. And it's kind of cool now, we noticed on the last episode, that we're able to now kind of see a back catalog of episodes that we can refer to. And when somebody has an issue online with something, they ask a question, we say, actually, we have a podcast about that. So it's pretty cool. Basically, I just said we're a podcast now after nine years. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) We finally arrived, right? Uh, And the the numbers just keep... uh, this. This may sound a bit arrogant for us to say, but it's true, and we appreciate you for it. The numbers just keep rising of who's yeah. listening and, and watching, and and we're grateful that. that you'd want to spend time with us each week. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and if you if 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 you can, uh, go ahead and share episodes to your friends. That really does help us. I know you think, well, I'm out here. I'm just a listener. There's people sharing. No, there's not people sharing. <laughs> At least <laughs> no, not no. like <laughs> not like we need. So right. your little share, we see it, we notice it, we appreciate it. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, please do that and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching right now, just go down there. Just go down somewhere down there below the window and subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. Come on. All right. Uh, this week, Dr. Pritchett and I both went camping this weekend. Yeah, we did. But not together. No. And we both took our dogs, but not together. Mm-hmm. And my dog had a wonderful time and yeah. herded some ducks at a live 
uh, farm, living farm from the 1860s, and just had a just fantastic time together. Nothing went wrong. God's uh, was just God was just blessing. Uh, what happened? You could tell that He loves me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does love me, but but I say all that to contrast with Dr. Pritch's experience. Yes, we had a harrowing experience. So I don't know uh, what this podcast is going to entail, but we also thought, Dr. Pritchett thought too, that after the last couple of episodes, Scientology and then abortion, yeah. we needed something a little lighter. Yeah. So uh, this, this, this may a, be the episode nobody yeah. listens to, but we're going to find out. Right. We're going to find out. Yeah. Um, this past weekend for Mother's Day, our family went camping. We go camping quite often. But about seven months ago, we got a rescue dog uh, from a shelter, a little mm-hmm. Pomeranian. And this was to be his first camping trip. Well, Friday night, you know, he was doing so well. He was doing well in the car ride. It was his first car ride since we brought him home of any significant distance. We've taken him walking dozens of times around the neighborhood on his leash. We get there. We set up the camp. Everything's fine. The, uh, the dogs are, we have two dogs. Both of them are happy. Get the fire going, make dinner. How do you determine that the dog is happy? Wagging of tails. And smiling. Smiling. Yeah. See, I don't know if my dog's smiling or if it's just, he, yeah. he's, he's hot and he's and it looks like a smile to me, but it's really just he's hot. No. Our dog, we're used okay. to Okay. He's smiling. Okay. You got we, a happy keep, dog. Yeah. We keep our house at the best temperature, so I know when they're smiling and when they're okay. hot. Okay. So they're, they're happy. Kids are happy. They're out. You know, we go walk the dogs around the campsite. Everything's great. Saturday morning. Just for whatever reason, the dog, both of our dogs, one of our dogs loves to just sit and do nothing and hang around with us. If he wasn't he on his leash. takes after you. Yeah. If he wasn't on his leash, he wouldn't wander off. He just would be there. Mm-hmm. The other dog is this, this shelter dog. He's always a bit skittish, but somehow he slipped his leash. We didn't have him in the crate. So you weren't just, because Sarah and I were talking about this, yeah. you weren't just like letting your dog just run wild, no. hoping that everything no, would be fine. No, we have a crate, we have leashes, we put their, attach their leash to a leash. So lead, you're responsible, that's important, yeah. you're being responsible. Yeah, He's st- the stake is in the ground, the leash is attached to the lead, and, and it's fine. He only slipped his leash one other time, like in the house, okay. you know, that I can recall. You know, oh, he got out of it. You know, it, it came out of it, but never like out walking or we'd walk them around our neighborhood. Or, but for some reason, we let them out so they could stretch their legs, you know, out of the crates from the night before. And he slipped his leash. He just got out of it somehow. And he, you know, and our other dog didn't, was right there with him. Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, he's out. Uh-huh. And so we're like trying to go up to get him, but he is skittish. And my wife was on her way back from the restroom. And he just, we're, we're trying to, Walk up to him. He takes off running. So we took off running. I'm screaming for my wife. She comes up. And then. Which is terrifying for the which dog. Which is terrifying for the dog. Terrifying for us. Terrifying for my wife. And then until 10 o'clock that night, he never comes back. Mm. We're wandering around the, uh, the all the hiking trails at Clifty Falls. You know, everywhere. Uh, we decide we can't do anymore. It's late. It's dark. Gotta what stop was going running. through this dog's head? Like, I always wonder that when I look at my dog yeah. with a stupid look on his face. What is he thinking up there? Yeah. And he's probably just thinking, uh, I'll go over there now. Uh, I'm yeah. hungry. You know, but what this dog, your dog out there being Bear grills out in the wild right. of Indiana with snakes and things, which I don't think your dog would 
stand much of a chance against a snake. No. Uh, or uh, anything. anything uh, uh, maybe an ant with a personality problem. One thing he is good at is avoiding things because he avoids us. He avoids it because he was he was a rescue dog and a little bit of backstory. He was beaten by his owners. Mm-hmm. And but that's he, what and, he was and in your now I know what they're thinking. Yeah. Some people are thinking. Everybody says that about their dog. Oh, I bet he was beat because there's this no, thing. No, this dog was beat. But in this case, he was taken away from somebody right. because they were abusive. Right. Okay. Uh, they were like really the worst kind of breeder types that really just beat their dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and and part of the reason why he there's was a puppy puppy mill. Yeah, and he was yeah, and he was meant to be a stud, but he couldn't he couldn't perform. And <laughs> so, that's what you ought to call him, stud. Yeah. Don't be his name. <laughs> but anyway, so we. My wife is hysterical at mm-hmm. this point. My kids are hysterical at this point. And I'm trying to be the, you know, number one, I'm trying to be a comfort to them. And number two, I'm the realist. This dog does not like people. And no matter how much we run around. Sorry, Misty. Name, yeah. yeah. He, well, he likes Misty. Uh, and that's going to be important here. In not a bit, people. But not anyone else. And Misty's you know, still a person, just so anybody knows. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You know, I'm up with my daughter because it's kind of some. We bought this dog at my daughter's mm-hmm. birthday last year, mm-hmm. and even though they only have kind of a hot cold relationship, sometimes good, sometimes it's not. You know, she loves the dog or whatever. But you know, there you are chasing the dog, and to her, you know, you can you can see, I, her, and I kind of think alike. We're both rational, we're both logical, we both analytical, and we're like, well, the dog doesn't really like us that much. You know, the dog has tried to escape before. Maybe he's happier. You know, <laughs> maybe this is what he wanted and yeah. it'll be okay. And of course, Noah and, and Misty are... This all, is the antithesis yeah. of taking a, an, a pet that you don't want anymore yeah. and you're going to release into the wild and it won't go because it loves you. Right. This dog is, I'm not trying to release you, but please leave me alone. I <laughs> right. want to be away. Yeah. And, but you know, we're all crying and sad and it's sad. Are you crying? Yeah, I did cry okay, a little now, bit. Okay, let's, let's get into the mind of Jonathan Pritchett for a second here. This is a frightening prospect, but here's what I want to know. If it weren't for your family being so emotionally wrecked over this thing, would you have been like what? Like if if it was just like we'll never know. <laughs> if, if it was, <laughs> I'll leave it there. We're out here, and if this if a dog dies today, or if a dog goes missing. My family will never know. It'll be like it never existed. Nobody will ever know. Would you maybe try to get rid of this dog? I mean, like, are you bothered without it? Or would you have been like, well, stuff happens sometimes? Well, I, I would have been bothered, but I would know that stuff happens. I was bothered a little bit because, I mean, it's been a part of my life for seven months. Like, you'd be a little sad, but it, would, would it right. ruin, wouldn't ruin your night, maybe. Well, it would ruin my night, but it wouldn't ruin Okay, week. okay. That's something not, to work with. Yeah, it would not ruin. I would be over it in a week if it was just this dog. Right, okay. my other dog, I'd be in pieces. Uh, little Oliver, I'd be in pieces. This dog, because he bites me all the time, and uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt, but like he, 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 he. You can loves, tell there's some animosity. Yeah, he either loves to run a, away from us in the backyard, or he loves to be in his crate, or he loves to be under my bed. And if I, uh, at the foot of the bed, my ankles are in sight, he'll go up and rawr, rawr, rawr. you know, this is the way he is. Um, but you know, he's been doing better. But he saw a chance to go and he took it, you know, and I was trying to tell my daughter, it's not personal. You know, dogs don't run away. They get curious and they wander off and they want to go play and they want mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. And and so I was telling my daughter, it's not personal, you know. And I'm telling Noah, it's not personal. And I was trying to remind everybody, there's a lot of shouldas you could go through. There's a lot of, uh, um, we could try to find who's ultimately at fault for all this or whatever. Are you saying that because it's at, because you feel like maybe it's you? Well, I always feel responsible for everything that happens. I'm yeah. the dad. It's my camp. And the dog got And we're conditioned as the father yeah. to think everything's our fault. Right. Um, <laughs> but I'm the, I, I, you know, um, I was like, we're, we're not going to, we, you have to live a life. Our other dog was fine camping. We thought maybe we need to see how he does camping. We figured that out the hard way. Anyway, so he's gone, right? And I'm going through all this with my family, and they're having a rough go of it. And I'm, I did shed my tears too but i think you're right a lot of it has to do with seeing the pain in, in my family's in especially yeah. my wife she oh, is that's just, my computer don't freak out yeah. people <laughs> and she was she was you know she's attached she's a dog person is just attached to these dogs and i mean not that she was just you know beside herself but she was really emotionally struck by this you mm-hmm. know it, it affected her deeply mm-hmm. and 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 my son Noah and Sarah and 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 all of that got to me too. Um, so we get up the next day, you know, after you know nine ten hours of searching, we search again, and then we start posting the flyers. You know, a lady in a campsite next to us gave us we didn't you know we had no way to print pictures off our phones or anything, but we wrote a description and posted them at all the trails. But we realized you know we do have to go home at some point, and this is two and a half hours away. So we eventually leave and, you know, I'm resigned to, we'll never see the dog again. Misty is holding out hope. They've been, she's been praying. Uh, Sarah and Noah have been praying. Everyone's been praying that, that, that the dog is okay and that somehow a miracle happens and the dog will, will come. But this dog runs away from people. So I, I kind of knew it'd be safe because it can run from, it can run from coyotes and raccoons and whatever, just as well it can run from people. It knows how to avoid things. That's, yeah. that's the good thing about this dog. But then... About 10.30 last night, we get a, or 10.30 uh, Sunday night, we get a call saying somebody spotted our dog. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that gave my wife hope that the dog was still alive. And because the dog's still alive, there's a chance to get it. She gets up 5.30 the next morning and drives down there. She's there by 9 a.m. This is Monday morning. Okay. We'd already all come home. I'm, you know, taking, you know, the kids are traumatized or getting how far away is this place about two and a half hours from our home i'm trying to get yeah specificity is the soul of narrative go ahead (laughs) yeah and so but she gets up at 5 30 and of course we're an hour and a hour ahead so she it's nine o'clock there when she gets there okay um we get another phone call and of course i'm back in town already but she got up left there are all these helpful campers who are calling saying i saw this small cat-like creature that may be referred to as a dog right and, and and they're calling me. Misty put my number at the top and her number second. Yeah. I'm not there. So I'm like, call, call the second number. Yeah. Yes. Real quick. Yeah, please just, get, just call her. Tell her she's there right now. And so she gets that call and she's running. You know, she's in the trail calling his name. And she gets back in her car and goes over to the other place. And I was looking at the map. This thing is like 2.2 miles squared. It's a pretty sizable area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was following around the creek and, you know, uh, she finally catches up with him, and at first, you know, there's another couple chasing the dog at that point, and she joins into that, and they kind of say, okay, well, you know, they're, they're worn out, and, so, and she's in the car, so she goes up a little bit ahead, gets out, and there she is with the dog. They're near the road, you know, and that's scary enough, 
and she calls out to Jasper. And at first he takes off running and then she says, Jasper, come eat. And that's all he it turns took. around and she holds out the, you know, some meat for him. And he slowly walks up to her and recognizes that it's her. She's been running from everybody. She, Misty must have talked to like six different people pointing, dogs there, dogs there. You know, this is two days later, by the way. This is Monday. Got lost Saturday yeah, morning. He's been and Bear grills in it for that yeah, long. And by 1130, she had the dog in the car, in the crate, on the way home. And here's a picture of what that yeah. dog looked like. And let me tell you. Pritchett Prime does not get affected by too many things, okay? But this really affected me. Now, I know pets go missing all the time. Worse, children go missing. There are all kinds of horrible things. Yes, let's not equate those yeah. two, right? Yeah, you let's want, not equate. You want to be careful not to right. equate. Right. I'm not yeah. saying that this is nearly as traumatic as, as that would be to a parent. I have kids. If my I could care less if the dog was still with me if I lost my kid. Yeah. I was happy my kids are with me. We lost a dog, yeah. you know? But at the same time, you know, my wife did almost everything you're supposed to do. But what I saw in her is I'd given up hope. I'm like, that dog doesn't want us. He doesn't follow us. He doesn't want, he, you know, you know, after you hold him for a few minutes, he's ready for you to let go. You know, mm. I was like, it, it's, he's gone. Let's just, it's time to move forward. That was my he's thinking. He's a sociopath. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he's a precious little animal. Yeah. But, um, Remember, my wife watches these yeah. things. Uh, but, Sorry, but, Misty. Yeah. Uh, he's not a sociopath. He's just skittish. I'm just going off what I'm hearing. That's right. all I have. <laughs> he is very skittish. But, I mean, my wife did all these things, right? I mean, she she never gave up. She never joined my pessimism, for one thing. Mm -hmm. She always she did everything she was supposed to do. Put up flyers and contact numbers saying we don't even have a picture, but this is what it's this is what he looks. She like. held out hope against all the odds, right? And so so Misty's doing something incredible here. Yeah, uh, you're both doing a good thing in that you're praying. And these campers who were helpful were doing they were they were showing kindness to another. Yeah, and helping I know. You find... And let me tell you, this is Indiana, and on our license plate it says, "In God We Trust." And by golly, there's hardly any atheists <laughs> around here because everyone we talked to not in to this was, part of Indiana yeah, anyway. Everyone we were talking to that she talked to was praying. You know, you know, she put it up on Facebook this sad story, and and people were praying all over social media. You know, we contacted all the shelters. We do everything that that we lost. You lost your job. You you lost your dog. Now what? Websites. You know, we're googling on our smartphones. What yeah. do we do? What do we do? We've never been in this situation before. We haven't been dog owners for very long. Mm -hmm. So we do every. Miss did everything she's supposed to and prayed. And of course, Sunday night when we're back in home in our bed and our her dog is missing and running around the the, the Clifty Falls. You know, she's reading every passage in the Bible about how God cares for the animals and all of this. I mean, I was about to say, if you're out yeah. there and you're listening to Dr. Pritchett, yeah. who, if you're a longtime listener, might not suspect he would care this much about an animal. Uh, he's not doing anything weird. And if you're like just a dumb animal, well, uh, then you don't agree with Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, which says a righteous man has regard for the life of his animal. Yeah. And, and Misty, to that to a T, but she read Job, you know, she read Jesus talking about God's provision for animals just uh all those verses looking for comfort and i'm sitting here thinking this dog is and you know she wants to drive back up there again yeah. and and i'm thinking when he, she does when she comes home empty-handed after another long day her body's sore my body's sore the yeah. kids are sore it's just going to be that much harder and she's going to want to keep going back with every phone call but at some point where do you call it 
Right. You know, you, you, he's because I know he heard her voice. He, she was all over that thing. Uh, we were all screaming Jasper, Jasper. He heard us. He knew mm -hmm. that everyone was looking for him. And, and didn't care. And didn't care. That's and that's how I thought. But after two days out there, he right. cared. And he came <laughs> that running. That meat looked and pretty he came, good. Yeah, and he came running back to Misty, and he sat there and smiled. And, and she said that when she first got in the car, you know, she held him, and he was happy and uh -huh. licking on her and happy to see her. He, uh -huh. he doesn't go near people. He's learned his lesson. Yeah. Uh, okay. But here's the thing. Yeah, break it down. Um. For me, I am. I learned that you know what. Sometimes people say, you know, fifty-five percent of runaway dogs come back. This is not a miracle. This is not an answered prayer. This is a coincidence. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I refuse to accept that uh, because what I saw is I saw a, a woman of faith uh, being held up by her family. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Our private conversations, especially with me and Sarah, Sarah's upset, Noah's upset, but Sarah and I kind of think of the same way. And she's like, I, I miss my dog and she's crying about her dog. But, you know, she's also a realist, yeah. you know, or not a, a negative realist yeah. like me. She doesn't believe that it's going to be found. Right. And I don't believe it's going to be found. I'm like. So she's thinking, let's go get a new dog. Well, I mean, she's not that. I mean, you know. She wants a new dog. She yeah. wants another dog anyway. Right. Like we want dogs in our house for some reason. But let's so but, but wrap Misty, it up. yeah, but Misty is is you know, I believe that you know, there's a there's hope that God is taking care of that and that God is going to bring that dog back home. Not mm. if it's God's will he'll come back. It's God is going to bring this dog home. And and we're like, okay, and I'm going to naming it and claiming it. Right. And I'm going <laughs> to I guess, but I'm going to support my wife. Even if yeah. in my mind, I'm like, even if you know I, this dog I, is gone, right? And I'm gonna call it quits, and we're not gonna go up there every day for the yeah. rest, you know, for yeah, the next yeah, two yeah. weeks till we get just on every phone call. Somebody thought they saw our dog. Okay, that's great. We get a phone call two and a mm half -hmm. hours away. They thought, mm -hmm. you know, if my kid would be there in a heartbeat. But if mm -hmm. it's a kid, you call the FBI, you mm -hmm. call the police, everybody. This is a dog. Mm -hmm. But no, my wife never gave up, and she never stopped praying. And I prayed, God, you know, I, I prayed the miraculously, the, you got yeah. your dog back, right? And I pray the prayers. If it's your will, she'll find this dog. If it's, if not, please give her comfort yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But no, she's like, God is going to find this dog. And, you, you know, Amen. he's going to bring this dog back. And she says, look at all of these wonderful Christian people. And yes, they were all Christians. I'm sorry, non-Christian people watching, but all these Christian people offering to help. So, you know, when she comes back, it's like we're all overjoyed. I'm stunned because I think I witnessed something close to the blind regaining sight okay because it, if you knew this dog like i knew this dog this dog i don't think wants to be there he wants to whatever but this dog comes home in misty's lap and i'm like this is a miracle mm -hmm. and and what it shows to me is sometimes bad things happen to us in our life all the time but sometimes god gives you a win and this is like a huge win and it got me to thinking William Lane Craig, when he gives his five different arguments or, or four arguments and then he tacks on mm -hmm. the, the, the Holy Spirit and your mm -hmm. experience with the Holy Spirit, uh, he does that in academic debates. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, is, is answered prayers not just something we uh, praise, like in church? Who has a praise? Here's a praise. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we talk about in church. But just like William Lane Craig talks about personal experience being you know, with the Holy Spirit as evidence of the confirmation of the truth of Christianity. Mm -hmm. is Does answer prayer fall into that category? And 
you know, I, I think of in when we talk about God raising Jesus from the dead and the highly charged uh, religious significance attached to that time, you know, I keep thinking about the timing of this in our life, you know, where, yeah. you know, sometimes you have a lot of pressures in life and stuff. And this seems like it was one of the worst things that that had happened to us in a while of, uh, you know, in a string of you're taking your lumps through one of those spells in life, you know, whatever your problems are. And then all of a sudden, what seems to be probably the toughest lump we've gone through since we've been here in Indiana, um, you know, turns out to be a win, you know, that dog came home in Missy's lap, you know, all these people were out there praying. I mean, our Marco Polo group was praying for our dog, you know, and I'm one of those people, you know, when someone says we pray for my transmission and I get a little bit irritated by things like that, but, um, yeah, pray that this dog is safe. And I was like, we're praying for an animal and people are praying for an animal, but, but there's something about that. That's okay. And praying for my wife and her sanity and my kids sanity, you know, and their emotional well-being, no matter what happens, but people are praying the other campers because we're in Indiana and we all trust God in Indiana. It says so on our license plates, they're all being good Christian people. And I resolve this. Uh, if I get a pet Amber alert, uh -huh. you know, or somebody's got a missing dog poster in my neighborhood, I'm out there. I'm the task force of my neighborhood now. Yeah. I mean, just after the outpouring of good Christian people, they were all Christians, by the way. I keep saying that because I think Christians are better people than most. But now that, that's still too bad. I'm just saying all these wonderful people helped this. God answered a prayer. And is that, well, let me ask what you are the couple, extent of that as okay. an apologetic? That, okay. Now, the, I'm. I think you framed that up well. Twenty four minutes into the show, and I think that's a powerful story. Now, let me ask a couple of questions that I think our listeners are probably thinking. Yeah, I. I think that's beautiful, and I sympathize. So, yeah. as we often are forced to do on this show, I'm playing the devil's advocate, or yes. the, maybe the kitten's advocate in this case. <laughs> um, but so, so here's what if you heard someone? What how? What would you say to someone who says? Okay, that's great. You got your dog back, white person living in the 21st century Western world. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are people on the other side of the planet right now who are dying of horrible diseases and a woman who's lost two kids in the same day and it's not new and is dying for lack of drugs that she could have for 10 cents. Yeah. If only her prayers would be answered right. and some Westerners would come and supply that 10 cents or whatever. Right. Um, and 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 yet we're over here, and that person listening might be insulted that you're glorifying over something like this. What ha, now? Don't imagine that that is Sam Harris making that case. Yeah. Imagine that that is that person making that case. Yeah. What would your response be to someone like well, that? Well, number one, I believe that pharmaceutical companies should be sending them medicine at yeah. ten cents or less a pill. And I, I'm I, you know I know certain Republican. People in our audience don't like foreign aid, but I'm all about foreign aid. If we can help, we should help. And, you know, if if the government wants to do it, fine. If the church wants to do it, fine. I'm all for more aid. Um, here's the thing. Apologetics, I think, has two purposes. One is to present a case for the rationality of the Christian faith to non-believers, And two, to strengthen the faith of believers. Okay. I can't answer all those questions about suffering in the world and unanswered prayers, right? What I can say 
is that there are answered prayers. And we always say, well, all prayers are answered. Yes, no, later. You know, one of those three mm -hmm. options, mm -hmm. right? Was my wife prepared for a no? She would have been. But she wasn't, after two days, willing to take a no. Yeah. You know, she said, I'm going to pray and I'm going to be proactive. And, you know, all we can do is take the wins when we get them. When God says yes, we give God glory for that. I get it. The hardest thing to do is give God glory in a no. Right. And it's harder to understand. So you're saying you're saying like if yeah. someone says to you like, yeah, I, I know. I imagine that does sound awful from your perspective, but that doesn't mean that when God answers a prayer, I'm not still going to praise him. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to take it as confirming evidence to our family. Maybe it's not. This is not objective evidence worldwide for somebody else, for somebody else. But you but this is the point. And, you know, it's kind of like. For you, it's an apologetic. For yeah. you, it's a faith builder. It's, I can't ask you, actually, in this case, I think you could probably, yeah. because it is demonstrable that this dog was lost, prayer was had, it wasn't likely it would be found, and it was found. And it so, was found. And, and I mean, it's not lots like of the, good Christians helped. Not, it's not like a slam dunk, yeah. but it is a, it's a cumulative case thing. Yeah. But what you're saying really, though, still is for me, in my subjective conscious experience, I yeah. saw this happen. I experienced it. And you're saying, so for someone who has a personal experience of God, it counts as evidence for the truth of our position. Right. And then the same way that for we, us and William Lane Craig says, look, even besides the arguments I presented, mm -hmm. you can count on that experience with the Holy Spirit confirming the truth of the Christian faith right. to you as evidence in its favor. Sure. If you believe that the Holy Spirit exists, then... Mm -hmm. He's in. He's in Christians. Yeah, that ha you, you, either that counts mm -hmm. or it doesn't count, and we shouldn't believe it. This is why Reformed epistemology advocates who take that apologetic approach will say, "No, no, no. Your what's your your internal intuitive or whatever properly basic yeah. experience of God, or even something like this. Perhaps I don't know. They would say that this is this is still evidence. This still counts. It may not be." external evidence such as would be presented in a debate, but it still counts as good reason to give you justifiable warrant right. to believe that this is true. Right. Everyone wants to know where is God when the prayers aren't answered. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And I, I had that experience when my father got diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I have one of the, I believe that God still works miracles and heals and, and things like that. Uh, whether or not I have the gift of healing is irrelevant. God never has a problem with that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so we, of course, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then, you know, 11 months later, my dad was dead. And to, to be honest, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the good that God brings out of that bad is yet. I still haven't figured that out, you know. Well, uh, maybe it's one of those things that's difficult to see yeah. from the inside. And I don't want to trivialize it, but... Right. The fact that you have, I mean, like I personally, my father's got a rare genetic blood disease. And even as recently as two weeks ago, as you know, there was yeah. a chance he could die. Right. And he was in the hospital, an ambulance to the hospital twice in a week, you know. And, and so your experience has helped me because that's something that I, probably my greatest fear of a reasonable possible thing. Like obviously one of my kids could be abducted or something right. or my wife could die in a car wreck. But of things that probably will happen at some point right that's the thing i'm most afraid of yeah and uh and, and 
and as I've said before on this show, it's not because, you know, some people say, well, I want to celebrate. It should be a celebration when a believer dies. Uh, well, you know, okay, I get the sentiment that you're trying to convey with that, right. but it's not. And here, there's a place for grief, and we've said that before. And the reason for that is if I go on a trip and I'm away from my wife for a week, I'm sad. Yeah. I'm not sad because I don't think I'm ever going to see her again. Of course, I know I'm going to see her again, all things being equal. It's that I'm not going to see her for a week. And if my father died today, I wouldn't see him for possibly decades. So, of course, it's sad. It's why it's okay for it to be sad when your father right. died. But So it's not that I don't have hope or anything like that. That's the blessed hope. I know all that. Yeah. But you have actually been an encouragement to me, and so there is an indirect good that came yeah. out of that. And it's made you into a different person. It has. I'm sure. It has. I'm just saying when we think, well, you know, I'm not one of those, I know this is without bringing too much theological baggage in it. I'm sorry. I'm not one of those people who says all things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy who believes that I'm God. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I don't believe that. I do believe that God can redeem horrible things for good. I don't believe that there's some mystical plan where God causes things deterministically, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe that he reasons yeah. good from bad. Right. Yeah. And he, he redeems it. And, mm -hmm. and, and God has foreknown all things that will come to pass, but he's not causing them all mm -hmm. to make this. So at the end, we'll be like, oh, there you go. No, I've seen I've seen horrible things and God bring good from it. Yeah. Right. And recognize the things I still haven't recognized the thing with my dad. But I but because of my faith in God, I know that there has been because I know that I'm not the only person in my dad's life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know that other people have been impacted by his life and were impacted by his death as well. Yeah. Why he died when he died, something good came from that. Because my dad, technically, I mean, he died at 67. Um, he could have had a few more years had he not got cancer or whatever. You know, you never know how those things are going to go. It's life. Right. Um, but I have been on the God. I have seen God not answer the prayers before. Yeah. And my faith comes in to where even if I don't know why, it's still there. But when God gives you a yes, and we don't talk about the yes enough, we're always dealing with the problem of evil when it's a no, and God doesn't, you know, you know, things like my dad, he didn't answer our prayer and heal him of his cancer, you know, or Nabil Qureshi, you know, they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and we lost a, a great Christian apologist, you know, and that was a big no from God that a lot of very public no from God, mm -hmm. you know. And yes, we do rejoice that they're in heaven, but you're always looking for what's the good to come from this besides the good for them to be in the Lord's presence. And so I've been there. But at the same time, we're always asked, faced with those kinds of situations. We never glory in God when he actually does give us a yes. And we, the, the thing that I get worried about is taking those yeses for granted where God has given you blessings and has answered your prayer in the way that you prayed. You know, so my dog was found. How simple and true? No, it's not. It's, wow, look what God did for us against what seemed to us, you know, out in the woods with a black Pomeranian that doesn't like people who runs from you is back in my home. And we prayed for that. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to glory in God. Yeah. And it's a reminder that, you know what? Don't shame people for praising, praising God. God. And I've noticed yeah. in myself a lot, and I would encourage anybody as a pastoral point, that often I'll pray for something. And then when it happens... I forget to thank God for it, but I prayed for it like crazy. And then right. it happens, and then I don't even thank right. God for it. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you know? and, it, and it's always, and I used to be that person, you know, when my dad was going through it, uh, I would always have to, like, think to myself, because of the, just the way I'm being in apologetics, I know it's like, don't resent other people's praises 
because your prayer request is not getting answered. Because, you know, we think about those kind of things when you're in apologetics is what you do, you know, Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I have to remind myself, you know, you might be, you're susceptible to resent God for not answering your prayer. You know that intellectually. So you need to think about that emotionally right now. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you could also likely be, well, I'm glad God's blessing you. My dad's about to die. You know, Okay. you always have to think yourself not to be that guy. Mm -hmm. Well, other now, people are better people than me, and and even if their life's in the commode, they'll still praise God when other people have a praise. Me, I have to remind myself to not be a terrible person and to give God glory yeah. and praise when other people have a praise and I don't. Well, let's loop back you know? around to some apologetics and remember that even though we do, we are being more pastoral and more yeah. you know, spiritual in this episode. Mm-hmm. This is a worldview show, and you've brought you yeah. you've you've framed all this for a point, and that is. The case from experience. You mm-hmm. claim to have had an experience with God of yeah. some sort in this, and the vast majority of the history of the world has claimed that. Yes. Now here's the here's where this becomes an argument. All right, because we don't. Now here's what I want to say. This is not. You could frame this as an argument. Mm-hmm. I I don't do that, and frankly, Craig doesn't really do that. He mm-hmm. uses it more as an invitation. Yeah. But here's the thing. It could be part of a cumulative case for God's existence, which is kind of what you're saying in, in this way. Uh, I actually have this in Core Facts, my book Core Facts. You can it's back there. You can get it. Um, and I, I say this. Uh, if 99 people, and this is not new to me. Other apologists have said this. If 99 people in a village claim to have met a particular man, call him Person Q, since you just finished Star Trek Next Generation, <laughs> person Q, and only one individual, person S, claims that Q does not exist, which is the more likely to be true? Should we believe the 99 villagers are wrong about the existence of person Q? Or is it more reasonable to assume that person S is mistaken? Person S might demand that person Q does not exist because he has never seen him, heard his voice, or met him at all. However, no thinking person would accept that person S is correct about person Q on the basis of this evidence. If 99 people claim to have met person Q and could tell powerful stories of experiences they've had with him, then it stands to reason that person S is merely overly skeptical. Yeah. Now, not, I'm saying this. Now, I, I hear 99% of the history of the world is going to say that they've had some kind of an experience of God. Right. Now, are 99% of the history of the world believers? No, they are not. Does that mean they did not have a supernatural experience? No, no, it does not. Does it necessarily mean that some of those people who are not Christians did not have an experience with God of some sort? It doesn't even mean that they might have. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, we would grant that, like we've said before, when we talked about Mormonism, we do not doubt that some Mormons, maybe not all, but some Mormons are actually having some sort of a supernatural encounter that right. they describe as a burning in the bosom. Yeah. We're not saying that uh, Muhammad didn't have some sort of a supernatural encounter. We would just say that that was demonic. Right. However, however, it is also possible that God has you know pursued some people who didn't end up becoming Christians, and they had some sort of an encounter with God. So the point is that 99% of the history of the world has claimed to have had some right. experience with God, still goes through, they encountered something supernatural, and 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 should we believe them, yeah. or should we believe the one percent of the history of the world that says no, because I've never had it, right? And right. of course not. But here's the more interesting thing: when it goes to my personal experience versus a Mormon's burning in the bosom, okay, mm-hmm. I'm willing to grant that. 
Now let's compare. Okay, I know that you've had an experience. So the next step is, okay, now let's back away from personal experience and let's look at evidence, objective evidence. And then let's compare the Christianity, traditional Christianity with Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Mormonism folds. So my experience coupled with the evidence for Christianity apart from my experience yeah. is more evidence for Christianity. Yeah, you're using it as a cumulative case, like right. I say. And that, and I think that's valid. Um, now, some people would say, yeah, but Braxton, you guys are doing an ad populum fallacy. You're saying because a lot of people think this, therefore it's true. No, no. we're not. Mm -mm. What we're saying is 99% of the history of the world claims to have had an experience of God. Now, how do you, that's a data point. That's mm -hmm. a fact. I don't think that it's disputable that those people claim that. Now, how... The, the question is, how do you explain that? And then we yeah. do inference to the best explanation. Right. And our worldview, given the truth of Christianity, can account for that data. Yeah. We're all made in the image of God. Yeah. Demons exist and give people false ideas and deceive. You know, there's all sorts of things. You know, what is the evidence? And we like to start with the resurrection. What is the, what is the central evidence of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Uh, overwhelming evidence that that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so when you have Christianity, you know, existence of God, the resurrection, those kind of things, when you have so much evidence for Christianity, at this point it says, let's take my personal experience plus the evidence for my faith and your personal experience and the evidence of your faith. When all of your evidence collapses in light of the evidence for Christianity and how we can shoot, you know, bazooka-sized holes through yours, mm -hmm. then let's also, here's also how my evidence and the truth of my Christian faith can account for your personal experience. Right. So that you can kind of go to it from there too. Yeah. All we're saying is yeah. it doesn't, we're not saying this is a standalone argument no. or case or whatever. We're saying it's, you plug it in with the rest of our data. That's how cumulative case right. apologetics works. If anybody's yeah. unaware. And even when Craig is doing what we would call classical apologetics, laying out several arguments, which is kind of what distinguishes it partly from cumulative case where you're just throwing out data that, yeah. and saying, how do you explain this? Um, he still is kind of presenting a cumulative classical case. He's yeah. giving several things. Now, granted, the other three that he normally presents are four are standalones, but this one I don't think is. Except the way he does it, he's giving an invitation. He's saying, look, if I've given you three good arguments. Now, why don't you trust those arguments, step out on, and you'll then you'll see that it's true. You know, but I, I have to tell you, and we've said this on the first episode of this season, season eight, episode one, at some point, if you, if you become a Christian and, and this is where we say that you, it's, it's evidence that you show that Christianity is true. It's the Holy Spirit, how you know Christianity is true. Right. But if you, but if you are a Christian and you live it and you mean it and you pray and you see prayers answered with a certain amount of predictability, so long as you're following the rules, and if you want to know what the rules are, go back to episode one. But as long as you're doing it and you see it happen, like with this, yeah. at some point, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I know you're skeptical, but I mean, I kind of have lived in these clothes and it's turned out to kind of work and be true. Right, and, yeah. and then, I mean, yeah, and then you see, and, and it's confirmed to you through your personal experience. Yeah. And as far as being pastoral, you know, in the church, one of the amazing things is the church is a place where you celebrate the victory of God in the lives of his people. Mm -hmm. So you see everyone rally around people who have prayer requests. You see everyone rejoice around those who have praises to report. And I think one of the things that become commonplace in a church that can be taken for granted is that time. Never again for me. Maybe it's just me, but 
I can see that, well, we're going through the motions of prayer requests and praises. But you're wanting to emphasize yeah. that this actually did affect you. Yes. Like this signals a moment yes. in your life where you. Right. It's kind of like C.S. Lewis writing about suffering before and after experiencing it. Yeah. And how afterward he approaches it differently. Like he could have said all the academic stuff before. Yeah. But after the suffering, whoa, it's experiential. Right. And, and this you, is, with this, this little. And it's a wake-up call. Take prayer requests seriously and pray. Yeah. Someone, if you say you're going to pray, take praises seriously and rejoice with those who are rejoicing in their answer prayer. I, I can't. Th this was not something that occurred, you know, within our community and all of that. This was the the kindness of strangers who also shared the Christian faith. I mean, every one of them that we encountered was mm -hmm. was praise Jesus, praise God, we'll pray for you, blah 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 blah. It, and, it, and it seemed like they were actually doing that. And people on Facebook were actually doing that when Missy reported it. it was, it's just, I can't see something like this. As, yeah, I lost my dog. Skeptics and, and snarky people out there are going to be like, who cares? I mean, you know, people lose their dogs and cats run away, whatever. But for me, this was a thing. And maybe my life is so uninteresting that why is this a thing? But it was a thing. Because, Just think if you left the house more often. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but the, I mean, you know, that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, but to see all of that play out over the span of three days was simply amazing for me. Um, to see God work like that mm -hmm. and to see how it impacted, you know, the trauma and then the rejoicing in my family. And so it was just amazing. And I, I don't want it to, and if it, if it is a little thing, then I'm not going to take the little things for granted either and continue to give God glory and, and, and be invested in all of that thing. Cause the way Sarah and I were going to deal with this, you know, we opened up the show, say the legend of Clifty Falls. Well, we wanted to tell a story of our lost dog and that, you know, he was the dog that was going to roam those woods for the next hundred years, even as a ghost after he passed away or whatever. Oh, you made up a, you made up a story. We, yeah, we were, we were, you made we were, up a legend. Yeah. We were talking about what happens now, you know, how can we process this or whatever? Yeah. And we're creative types, you know, my dog's creative types. So we were talking about, well, yeah, give just, it to me. Give me the, yeah, the legend. The legend is, okay. So he runs away from his owners, but he finds joy and happiness and he loves to, to run up and steal food from other campers and he does this for the next 20 years, but Pomeranian's lifespan or 15 years, you know, when Pomeranian's lifespan's over, then he becomes a ghost that haunts the woods. Mm. And that's the, you know, it becomes a legend. And this is how we're going to deal with this. And we'll write a little story and put it in our scrapbook. And we still may do that. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, because that's the, that's a legend. <laughs> yeah. That's the legend, but he was going to become a legend because we we're going to just let it be sad. Right. Yeah. But it ended up with a, just a wonderful, happy ending to the uh, glory of God, fervent prayer, determination of my wife. It's just amazing. And so I don't take those kind of things for granted. Amen. Amen. Well, and I probably have had a history of taking things like that for granted and never again. And probably this was a good wake up call. Hey, you know, if your steak comes out right, that's a blessing from God. <laughs> All good things yeah. are a blessing from God. Well, yeah, especially if you have trouble cooking. Well, I, uh, Missy hates me now, um, <laughs> because I spoke disparagingly of Jasper. Uh, is it Jasper? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, there you have it, folks. Personal experiences can deepen your faith and 
they're important and they have apologetic value. If I not for others, so. if not for others, then for you and for other Christians in the church who actually care about the lives of the Christians around them, which is something you know um, we should never take for granted. The, the the people with whom we worship and 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 celebrate their praises and get on your knees and pray with the prayer requests. If you'd like to uh, learn more about the argument from experience, uh, you can. Uh, learn casually at BrackCenter.com, but really what we want you to do more than anything else is talk to us about beginning your academic experience in theology at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Uh, don't turn us off. No, 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 don't, don't do that. You're about to do it. Don't do it. Don't go on over to Bible this Brodown or whatever, show, yeah. uh, or Layton Flowers and Soteriology it, yeah. 101. Steve Gregg. Steve Gregg. The narrow you, path, they can wait. Okay? All the wonderful Coast, sister can, shows on the train. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. This isn't conservative talk radio or whatever where you got to switch over real quick or you're going to miss it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't worry about that. We got you covered. You can yeah. start that when it's, it'll be there. Yes. Um, and if it's not, it means that the Lord has returned. So, <laughs> uh, so, so uh, go ahead and look, here's what I want you to do. First of all, thank you, those of you who have been adding reviews. We got a couple more reviews right. on the iTunes page. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, Go over to trinitysim.edu. Listen, go to trinitysim.edu. If it's even within the realm of possibility that you will ever be interested in pursuing an education. Some of you are thinking, well, I hear them talk about this, and at some point, maybe I'll do that. Okay, if that's even true, here's what you do. Go to trinitysim.edu, and on the right-hand side of the page, or if you wait, I think, like seven seconds, there'll be a pop-up, uh, eval form. Fill out that even. It's very simple. It's just like your name and your email address or something. And what you're yeah, just, just do that because then you're in our database. Yeah. And then whenever we have you know uh, special grants that you might qualify for or whatever else, you'll know about that, um, or, or at least we'll, we'll find out whether you qualify, and you'll have an opportunity to, uh, to take advantage of that. Please do that if you get any value out of this show. Just do that for us and um, and uh, and look, we're the best seminary in the world. I believe so. Period. I believe so. And I mean it. I do. I've been to other seminaries the best. I have too. And I went to a really good my one. My personal experience confirms that Trinity's the best. Right. And, well, and here's the thing. One of the things that I did is cheating, right? I take all the good from the other seminaries I went to, left all of the bad, and improved the good to be better. So now I'm better than, like, everywhere I went. So. Amen. Amen. That's how we do it. And you're going to get more video content, more actual lecture in an online program mm -hmm. from Trinity than I think you will with any other seminary in the world. Yes. Every course has hours and hours of video content. You want to be a part of that. So contact us today at trinitysim.edu, and we'll see you next time as you experience the next episode of Trinity. Thank you for watching this episode of Trinity Radio. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like more content, click here. And keep watching, just like you do on Netflix. You can just keep watching. Do it. If you want to have Bible studies, click up here. Excellent commentaries on uh, books of the Bible for you to enjoy and learn. And finally, we want you to subscribe. We need more subscribers, so click here. <laughs>